Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Yes, sir. Sedano and Cap. Cap is still skiing. But luckily for us, we have Yeehaw Yates in the house. Let's go. What's up, man? How are you? I'm good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I just want you to know that just because the calendar turns to 2022 doesn't mean that I'm not going to gloat about a couple of personal victories. Number one. Okay. Highest winning percentage on Around the Horn, a show you're a member of. I mean, right. I heard that Hit you had Pablo Torre on to gloat Hit while I was gone. Ding, Laura. We did that. We did that. Yeah. Number two. Highest point total of the year with any given game, 66 points. That happened. Put up a 66 burger on him. Number three. Highest winning percentage of the year at thirty eight point seven. I just, I just, I just wanted the people to know that George, because okay. not all of us, not all of us like yourself can get to as many games that are on air as you do. You, are, I mean, the Turtleneck Mafia is looking good. You're always out there in the streets representing the Around the Horn family. I stay in the studio and I go to the like the you know when I go to games I go to like weird baseball games that nobody knows about. When right. you go you go to premier NBA games, but I stay home and I keep the fort down with wins and clutch points. That's what I do. So I'm glad well, to I, be here with you I, finally. Yes, I, I appreciate that you uh, you hold it down and I appreciate that you're here. Uh, so there we yeah. go. Now that the uh, the resume of 2021 <laughs> is out of the way. I'm totally talking trash, but I needed to say it in the first day that I was back in 2022, just so people know, just so yeah. you know, as yes. uh, Lefty would say in Donnie Brasco. Ya tu sabes, as my si. people say. Yes. So there you have it. Um, so either way, uh, I as I wanted to, I wanted to discuss a number of things with you here, but more along the lines of Happy New Year. So I, I it's funny, I, I, I say that to you, and immediately what pops into my head is you mentioned around the horn. I have a friend. We have a oh. friend in common. His name is Israel. Is he, is, Israel. he is an anti Happy New Year person after the first. Uh, he actually, I think his motto is the first Monday of the it's, New Year. It's, that, it's, that, it's, it. uh, so I will offer you some inside information. Because yes. I was on debatable with him, what day is today? Wednesday, yesterday, I asked him this very question. And he said that because the New Year's Day fell on a Saturday, that Monday is the day, the third. That's right. what he determined for this particular year. I am yeah. not with him, but let us discuss. Uh, now, now, Lindsay, uh, how are, where are you on Happy New Year? Like, how long can you go with Happy New Year? I mean, if you want to keep telling people Happy New Year for, a, like, I don't know, two weeks, like, that's fine. I don't care. I'm not going to get mad about it. Okay. So, the, but January 15th, like, the second paycheck of the year, it's over? Sure, that's it? sure. <laughs> okay. I mean, I don't think there's, like, a hard fast I mean, it could rule, be the first but... paycheck for some people. Some people get paid every other week, so there's sure. that, too. But, yeah. but I mean, here's it. Lindsay, let me, what, Lindsay. What if you don't see someone for, you know, like, a month or – I mean, a month is too long. So, so somewhere – Somewhere around the two-week mark, I'd say, is too, this is too was, long. This was Izzy's point, which is that if it gets past two weeks, then you're not really that good of friends anyway. Correct. But the level I'll ask you, Linz, is if you were on a date in, like, January 13th and the guy hits you with a happy new year, what would you think? You know what I'm saying? Like, 
how what what is the actual measure of concern when you're like oh my god this guy takes new year's way too seriously i don't know i feel like it's just a nice in that situation it's just like a nice thing to say to people someone said it to me yesterday on the elevator i was like oh happy new year it was a nice thing to say like merry christmas you know okay right you know my theory george my my theory george is that if you get to the same weekday as the original weekday of new year's you're too far so new year's was on a saturday so by the time we get to next you Friday, yeah. you got a week, bruh. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I don't really care about business days. But if we get to the next Saturday and last Saturday was New Year's Eve, you're doing too much. That's 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 my particular, uh, let's just say, transfer portal. Okay, Laura, uh, where are you on this on Happy New Year? How long uh, can you go by, you know, with saying Happy New Year to someone? How far into the year? I want to give it at least two weeks. Um, okay. I'm kind okay. of with everybody else in the sense of if you didn't really text me, we didn't see each other in those two weeks, we're not that close and I don't really need to say it to you, whatever. But also, you know, things are happening. People are not really seeing each other like that. So I, that's why if not, it would have been a week. But because of the circumstances we're in right now, I give right, it right. two weeks. Pandemic, pandemic extends sure. for a week. Yeah. Okay. Buffer. Yeah. Buffer. That's yeah. fair. Exactly. Yeah. That's uh, totally fair. Yeah. Uh, uh, we like that. So that yeah. two weeks. By the way, I, I love how ESPN Los Angeles just tweeted out now at Sedano and the 2021 around the horn champ Clinton Yates. I mean, listen, this is a trophy worth celebrating for your boy. Let's not forget. I moved out here when I kind of barely knew you, Sedano. I said, let me go to Los Angeles. Let me do a couple things. Let me make some friends with my radio people. We are now all a family. I would like to believe that yes. I'm part of the family. Yes. And this made me, quite frankly, a better pundit. I'm not even joking. And the results show. You your know what billboard. I'm saying? Thank you. <laughs> yeah, right, iron, my... iron sharpens iron is what you're <laughs> saying, basically. <laughs> I sharpen my swords, as Wu-Tang would say. But no, like, and so I appreciate it. And I only say that because I feel like what people don't understand about this gig, and we can get into the Lakers and everything else and your boy McVay, but what I'm saying is that like... Oh, listen, no, we'll get to that. There oh, needs we'll get to, to that, be a reconciliation. I just, yes. just want to say to the yeah. listeners out there and young journos and young personalities be it youtube be it radio be it television be it print you can do it it's fun you know what i mean george does it george works hard george looks good i work hard i look better i'm joking but like (laughs) my point is is that no in all reality george this is a fun gig if you really are dedicated to it and last year that sort of stat add up it reminded me of why I was here. And that's a cool thing for me, man. And I don't know if that happens if I'm not in LA. So I appreciate everybody, all the listeners, and all you all at 710. That is something that I, I hold very near and dear to my heart. And that's for sure in my household, no doubt about it. Well, I feel like your year in LA has kind of sucked because we've had a pandemic going on. So eh, I mean, that. it didn't suck that much. Won a bunch of games. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I'm around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I said, made a bunch of friends, saw a part of the city that I didn't But you know, know you can't, you couldn't do the true LA experience. You know, what's There's true to some you, limitations though, George? to it. Yeah. What, I mean, listen, I've never seen Venice Beach with the parking lots closed where I could throw a baseball. In the lots, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, 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 it was almost cooler because I've been coming here for so long, and then I finally moved, and it was like, oh wait, do you actually have to connect to the soil? Oh yeah, man, I'm having a great time. This is this is nothing to complain about. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. Good to know. Um. Uh. Also, now I, I I'm gonna switch gears hard right here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of things I want to get to with you specifically. Like I saved certain topics for today, knowing that great. you would be in. Okay. Behind the curtain, we had no pre-show meeting. So the first time George and I talked is when the mics cracked. So just, again, just so you well, guys know, here, here, we're flying here, it blind. Let me it's also, better that way. It's correct. better that way. 
Let me also say, as we are letting people behind the curtain, I hate pre-show meetings, okay? <laughs> Let's just start with that, okay? I despise them. I actually would prefer, like, Lindsay and I have this system now, right now, that we are trying to, uh, and, and basically it's, look, I love Cap, but he loves a meeting. This He's, man I loves mean, a good he meeting. He is a pre-show meeting god. Yeah, you know loves a good He's meeting. He's got an outline for the pre-show meeting every yeah. day. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. And it's like 30 minutes, 35, 40. <laughs> Who's got time for this He's stuff? the like, Woody George, Page of I want to pick meeting. your brain about this really quick. And it's like, no, no, no. Pick his brain on the show. Like, on the show. the show. Let's be authentic. Let's not do this. Let's not do the show before the show. So Lindsay and I have literally, in 15 minutes, gone... We start with the sports topics. Boom, 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 boom. This is where we're going to lay them out in theory, right? Rapid fire. And then here are the non-sports topics. Boom, 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 boom. We'll lay them out there. All right, let's roll. Break on three. So Lindsay is a varsity team manager. You know what I'm saying? She knows what needs to happen for the team to be able to play. That's why she's great at her job. No questions asked. Right. Uh, So hard right here because – uh, as much as people want to hear about our New Year's, and it's been great that you and I talk to each other now, that we haven't talked to each other in a minute. All right, people want to know what the hell we think about the Lakers. I think mm. so. Um, so I'm going to ask you a very open-ended question. Okay. okay. Who are the Los Angeles Lakers? Or what are? Who or what are the Los Angeles uh, Lakers? Oh, George, I'm so glad you phrased this this way because I was in the shower about 90 minutes ago, and I was thinking about how I'm going to answer this question. And here's how I'm going to answer this question. You know who the Lakers are? The Lakers are back to the LeBron James show. And the problem with that with Laker fans is that Laker fans don't realize that everybody loves the LeBron James show. It's not just the Lakers thing. And quite frankly, if the Lakers can't get it together to get to the playoffs, if they can't get enough roster movement to get the guys that they need from a role player standpoint, from an interior defense standpoint and all that, the rest of the country will take LeBron going off and talking trash. In that game against the Kings, I was like, oh, my God. I almost forgot why I liked watching LeBron James play basketball. Because what he does, basket to basket, not just putting the ball in the hole, it matters to me more to basketball as a fan than it matters to me as a Los Angeles resident, never mind somebody that follows the Lakers. And that's something that I think is going to be a trend for the rest of the year. I don't think if you're a Lakers fan, you got to worry about the plus minus, whether or not these guys are going to make the playoffs, whether or not they're going to make the finals, which is not even realistic right now, you're getting LeBron, Raymond, James. And last night was one of those games where he said, I'm an FMF and problem. You know what I'm saying? He said that. Oh, no, and no. Was, wait, 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 wait. He said, It was just one of those I'm things, an, George, where M- I was like, that's the oh. LeBron I know and love. That's yeah, what he, he said. He, just to quote him properly, he said, I'm an M, a mother bleeping problem, B. B, comma he B, dropped a B, comma B. Yes, didn't drop the N on the end of that, which was you know very well. I would him. not be very comfortable uh, even uh, even doing comma <laughs> no. uh, comma. But N, as we all point. know, you know. Anyway, but what I'm saying is that like we're getting LeBron, like core LeBron, and the Lakers are now at a point where you ask yourself, do we want core LeBron for the experience, or do we want to make sure that we? I'm not going to say just, you know, go so far as to get as many wins, but like part of the reason why you wanted Planet LeBron to run into Laker Nation is that you got Planet LeBron. You got that right now. Last night was one of those nights where you said, oh, yeah, that's that guy. I forgot how awesome he was. I didn't forget, and I just love to see it. 
All right, just to put this, put it all into context, what you're witnessing at this moment. Mm -hmm. um, At 37 years old, LeBron James, it's the 14th game this season with at least 30 points and five assists, which breaks a tie with Carl Malone, who had 13 such games back in the 99-2000 season for the most 30 and five games in a season by a player 36 or older. LeBron has also led the Lakers in scoring nine straight games, Clinton Yates. Tied for the longest streak since joining the Lakers was done back in uh, March, February to March 2019. Um, his, la- his last longer streak was a 26-game run back when he was with the Cavs. So what he's doing right now is historically great. Um, yeah. He is going to end up having – like if you look at LeBron, and somebody tweeted this out the other day. If you look at every year of his life, he's had the most points of any NBA player – for that year, right? Like Hit the a, ding, Laura. Hit the ding. Yep. Yeah. 18 years old. Most points for an 18-year-old in NBA history, LeBron James. Ding. Yeah. 19, LeBron James. 20, 21, so on and so forth. 30, 35, 36. Went to the finals at what, 21, yes. 22? What age was it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, 2007 would make him... He might have been older than that. 22, yes. He was 22. Um, he could barely drink. Right. Right. So, you are getting... What was advertised from LeBron this season? And I will add this, Clinton Yates. Yes. You are getting what was advertised from LeBron James way sooner than you probably would normally get it in a regular season because the Lakers are in that dire of a situation. Well, that's true. And uh, let me ask you this, because you're looking at this from a standpoint in terms of the value add, right? And I yes. remember when he first came and it was like, well, how many rings? What do we expect? What's reasonable? He got one. And right. I think that now, in 2022, Laker fans have to reasonably reevaluate whether or not one was expectancy level. You know what I'm saying? Like, was it really realistic to look at LeBron at that stage with that kind of tread on his tires, with the talent that AD was, with the way that Palenka was turning things over in terms of what we know? Was it really realistic to look past it beyond one? And he got one. That, to me, is borderline amazing. If he gets to a second, I'm not going to say I'll be stunned, but I already think that LeBron James is the best basketball player in the history of the planet Earth. If they get another one at any point of the rest of his career, bruh, I mean, come on. What are we talking about here, George? You know what I'm saying? There's never been a better basketball player you've seen with your eyeballs. Even if you think Michael Jordan is better, I'm telling you, you have not had a better experience with NBA basketball than LeBron James. It's just not true. I I, I would agree with that. Um, And and I think the question is, your question, which is what they're playing for, which is why they put this roster together, which is why they've put every roster together outside of the first one uh, with LeBron James, which is they're trying to win a championship. But can they? Can they realistically do that? Who can they rely on? Uh, we're going to go down the list here because everyone's crowing about Russell Westbrook yesterday. I want to pump the brakes just a tad on Russell Westbrook. For as good as the Lakers are playing, for as great as LeBron is, is playing, there we've done the good things in this segment. Now on the next segment, I'm going to tell you the stuff you still need to be worried about. Okay, We'll do that. Clinton and I will be hanging out. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
Now, this song, hmm. very racy at the time, if you recall. This is one of those where I talk about this all the time. I live in Los Angeles. I love the beach. I love the West Coast. I love the chill lifestyle. But I'm a brother from the East Coast with two black parents. I did not know this song at the time. I did not recognize it when played. Its cultural influence to me sounds like something that is a derivative of Janet Jackson, which is probably true, which is what I was more likely listening to. So, George, please tell me the impact of this because I do not know. So this song... Uh, was the the video super racy? Very, I mean, very much in Madonna form. Sure, super sexual. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like film noir, dark scenes. Yes, totally. Black side, filmed in side, black and white. Yeah. Side flesh, if you will, etc. Oh, no yeah. doubt. Tons right. of side flesh. Right. Filmed in black and white. Um, the song is basically about just getting it on. You know mm. what I mean? Like that's <laughs> just the reality of it. Um, there's uh, you know, discussions of voyeurism and uh, oh. you know, all sorts the of axis. other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, all sorts of other stuff. Um, but it Justify was like, it was one of those things. Like I believe, if I recall correctly, and I could be wrong on this, but I believe that it was like it could only be aired at a certain time on MTV at the time. Sure, the video. Like, it was it was like that. But also, by the way, produced by one Leonard Kravitz. Really, yes. Benjamin. Yes. That guy's produced a lot of great art. He's produced a great child, by the way, who did yeah. a fantastic job in the, um, yeah. what's that movie called that was also made the Dagon TV series? Oh, what's his name? It's the movie about the vinyl. High oh, Fidelity. High, High Fidelity. Fidelity. She yes. Was with John Cusack. Yes. Yeah, yes. Cusack was the was. movie. Yeah. She did the TV version. That was a good show. Exactly. High Fidelity is a great movie. It was actually on cable during the, uh, during the holidays, and I watched yeah. it one night. The TV show is better, not going to lie. It only lasted one season, but it was better. Really? Interesting. Yeah, it was actually uh, that good. Like, the, the, the premise that High Fidelity operates on, which is like, I'm so caught up in my feelings that I can only motivate them through music to express myself to another person, better executed in the television show than in the movie. Oh, interesting. I, yeah. What I did love about the movies that I think is great is their constant top five lists. Right. They sort of branched that out to a more, I don't want to say woke, but a more understanding version of that in the yeah. TV show. And it yeah. kind of it, it, it kind of explained reality a little better than just, you know, Cusack's world. So, yeah. that's all. But the, I, love, I love a good top five list, though. So, I oh, feel yeah. like they got, got me at that, it. too. Um, so, the other part of the equation is this. Like, if you look at Madonna, like, I'll give her credit. She's, what, like 60 years old? That woman keeps evolving, man. You, you know what I mean? Like, mm. she, she uh, yeah. what? No, you're not uh, in yeah. on that. Uh, she 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 evolves on her accents too. Chip Kelly style. She does do that. I mean, uh, how about uh, Chip Kelly? By the way, saying that uh, I, you know, uh, we don't have hard accents. I'm from Boston. Lee, like really? Lee who? Those are the hardest accents in the world. Shout out to yeah. June Lee, yeah. our around the horn compatriot, who was like, "Uh, I'm from Boston," and the only reason people don't know I'm from Boston is because I don't have an accent. He <laughs> makes a great point, you know. And like Chip, I, I listen. I get it. You know, you got a little loose. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to say he was lost in the sauce, but he was definitely feeling good. And it's like, hey, you could just say you were faking it. He instead <laughs> said, I had a bad accent, as if you thought you could fake it and get away with it. No, don't fake it. There's no need. They gave you the money so you didn't have to fake it. It was just such a botch. And I hope he can make it back to some level of respectability because, like, if I'm – listen, George, I know that you're on the air a lot. But your kids are not old enough to see what you do on the air. Right. But when that becomes a thing. Oh no, no, when they no, they do. They know I'm on the air. And there's I, I will send you a picture that my wife sent me the other okay. day. 
she she posted it on something. I don't know if it was Instagram or whatever. And it was literally like me interviewing Jason Kidd during the Lakers-Mavs game. I'm on the screen behind them. They are sitting there with their iPads eating dinner and not, not even, even like, paying attention. Yeah, like completely right. oblivious. All I'm saying is that if you're Chip Kelly, you're in uh, – not Chip Kelly. If you're Brian Kelly, you're in embarrass your kids territory, and that's yes. never good, no matter how old they are. Right. Agreed. Fair point. Uh, all right. So speaking of embarrassments um, – at times, some of the plays that Russell Westbrook has made mm. have been somewhat embarrassing, I would say. For a player of his stature, his, how should I say, um, decision-making, let's call oh, it. Oh, okay, we'll call that. With a has, been, has been suspect at times sure. uh, throughout his career, but more so here as a Los Angeles Laker. Now, he comes off a nine-turnover game. Laura, do we still have the sound of Dave McMiniman Asking him the question about his nine turnovers, even though in that game he had the, you know, like kind of like uh, he still was able to kind of rise like the Phoenix and, uh, he and scattered still, nine turnovers. Right. He, he was still able to create winning plays at the end of the game, which is what matters. It's kind of like what we were doing with Matthew Stafford the other day. Um, but in, in that in that conversation, you can hear Dave kind of framing what I thought was a very fair question. And immediately when it's brought upon that he may have struggled early in the game, you could already hear Russ going, <laughs> And then before the question is even over, um, and then uh, you know pushing at him basically, big time, and uh, and then eventually disagreeing with him. Um, so if we have that particular piece of audio, let me hear because I feel like, and I text this to McMiniman yesterday. He was the inspiration for yesterday's zero turnover performance. But let's hear. Oh, let's go back okay. in time to okay. the McMiniman question we'll and, and the Russell Westbrook response. Russ, the late jumper uh, that you hit in a crucial moment of the game and you let out kind of like a, a roar, uh, what did that do for you? I mean, obviously the numbers suggest that you weren't playing your best up to that moment. And um, how, how, how does it feel for you to be able to contribute in a big moment when the rest of the game wasn't necessarily going your way? I disagree. I disagree. Um, you, dis you disagree? Uh, with the part of the game wasn't going my way. Um, my game, you know, it's fine. My, my game is not predicated on shots or if I turn the ball over. Like, if I miss some shots, that's part of the game. I'm allowed to miss shots. I can do that, you know, like any other player. I can do that. I can turn the ball over too. I can I can do that. That's all a part of the game. Um, but when you watch a basketball game and figure out what impact, uh, making the right plays, boxing out, rebounding, whatever that may be, um, making the right play, making the right reads, um, that's all about being a basketball player. Um, and that shot, I mean, just a shot I, I work on every every day. Um, it didn't really do nothing for me. Uh, just that it's been there all night and I should have been taking it. I love Dave. And Dave is one of probably the better basketball reporters we have in this country who covers that team. But what Russ was hitting him with there right quick was the you're listening to Jimmy, but you can't hear Jimmy. And I don't agree with Russ. Like the uh, no, the notion that the eyeball test and the vibes check should be enough for him to get by is just not working for me. Look at the record of the team. Look at the body language. Look at the offensive efficiency rate. You know, it'd be one thing if we were just on a pickup court and we we're like, okay, well, that guy's pretty good, but I can't really measure it. But like you watch this team and he's on the court and his decision making is problematic, George. 
You know, it doesn't even matter whether or not it's problematic within his own game for the typical five that are on the court, how they space, you know, in a half court setup, how the transition works. It's it's touch and go. You know, it's spotty. And I, I think that's a fair criticism. And at this point, I think that question was completely fair from Mac. And more importantly, I think it was necessary. But I just don't know whether or not this Lakers team is prepared basically to live in a world in which that's the game that Russell wants to play pretty much only. You know what I'm saying? Like, at what point does that not become a good enough excuse when you get into the latter part of the season or you get into particularly playoff series, George? Oh, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Now, that's why I'm saying. So he has a zero turnover game. I joking. Want. I first I, one he had since the Thunder, by the way. March, He's played March for 14, three teams in between. Yeah. Okay, it's not like it was last yeah. week. It yeah. was forever ago before times. Right, 407 games between zero turnover games. It's longer than half the guy's careers on the team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I text Big Amendment, you were the inspiration, you know? You, bro. And, and, and here's the thing. Russ only had two assists yesterday. Like, he was very careful mm. yesterday on how he played the game, okay? And he – now, look, if Russell Westbrook, Clinton Yates, yes, played the game every game, like he did yesterday. He was very careful. He cut to the basket, right? Yeah. He, he, Off-ball he movement. We like that. He moved the ball, right? All those things. And he only took one three. He took one three. That's the biggest stat of them all, George. If That's he just one. played that way every night, I feel like this Lakers team would be fine. But if, the problem is this. If I had to ask you, assign a percentage of – you believing that right now zero turnovers is let's be real. That's sure, not, that's never going to happen again. Right. It happened I mean, I don't know about ever again, but yeah. You think like, he's going to play another 400 games? I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's going to be a long time. But my point is this. Like, you know, even if like what you want from a guy who handles the ball that much is somewhere between like two and a half to three assist to turnover ratio, right? Sure. Like, so if, if he just does that, like, it'd be fine. He's like at four and a half uh, turnovers a game. Like, this is insane. Well, he leads the career, you know, he's got the career mark for that. And I, for me, it, it's, I know that sometimes, and George, you know, you look at numbers in a different way because, quite frankly, you cover, I don't want to say cover, but you watch a lot more basketball up close than I do. But there's a lot of eyeball tests with Westbrook that are very easy to determine for me. And it is number of dribbles before shot, Oh, it's number of, of passes before shot. Not and lot. it is, if the ball goes to him, does it get back out before a certain time on the shot clock? Mm -hmm. I, I don't need the numbers. I can watch the basketball. And I know when he's having a bad game because when the ball comes to him and it's sub-15 on the shot clock, it doesn't go to anybody else, number one. Or number two, if the ball goes to him and he's got to dribble, there's no way that anything other than a shot is going up. And that, to me, is not just a function of numbers. It's a function of just style of play when you're looking around. So for him, Westbrook, that is, to have no turnovers. I, I mean, to me, the risk factor you're talking about is important, but it just means that he trusts his teammates. I don't know that Westbrook has ever played on a team where he's trusted his teammates as much as this since Oklahoma. And that's why it's kind of hard for him to kind of get back into the groove because even though it's LeBron and even though it might be, it's not AD now because he's out, but like even though it might be any other veteran, 
I just don't know that he has that in him to trust the other players, and that's something that they're still working on. they got to figure that out, George. They have to figure that out because oh, yeah. you're right. When it works well, it works at all. It's not necessarily the best thing on earth. You beat the Kings. Big deal. Right. You know what I mean? But it's got to work that way. you got to build on that. You can't look at that as the solution to everything. A hundred percent. And I just don't know how capable he is of reverting – uh, of not reverting back to being the guy that we've seen with the five right, turnovers game, basically. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, no. all right, listen, coming up next, Raiders-Chargers this weekend, and there's a lot of talk about ties. I'm going to tell you why you need to shut up about the ties. All right? Let's get to that. It's coming up next. We're back in three minutes. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. You know, I don't know about you, Clinton, but yes. in my college days, mm. when I was going to school, I had, there was one day, I think it was might have been my f- sophomore year, where I had like a decent gap. An open day. Classes. Yeah, I know yeah. this. I know this fun. Let's go. And there were, in my campus, there were like, you know, the old school boxed large screen TVs. Yeah, tube TVs. Right. Um, all over like different parts of the, like, buildings you know they were little gathering areas in the building mm-hmm. and every time i had one of those gaps you know what people were watching at that on that tube now it wasn't all my children but it was, was it days young, of our lives was it young and the restless oh days, da- of, our days of our lives okay. okay full of drama days of our lives days of our lives is like the wwe of soap <laughs> operas that's what i would describe it, it so, it's completely over the top just ridiculous but I couldn't take my eyes off it. And for a number of years, I watched me some days of our lives, and I was not the only one. So I then, you know, get in this business. And I, uh, you know, when I was a young lad, I was covering. Wait a second. Did you date a soap opera star? No, no, absolutely not. Oh, okay. Um, right. But, I was, but I, did, <laughs> I was on a reality show where I, uh, I judged uh, uh, Latina models uh, called Model Latina uh, for like one episode. Um, <laughs> Una episode. <laughs> see. Um, but anyway, it was, so when I, I was a young reporter covering the NFL, I was covering the dolphins. I lived in Miami, obviously. So, Mm -hmm. um, and somehow or another Zach Thomas, who I believe should be in the hall of fame is not Zachariah. Um, great, great head of hair. Zach Thomas. Unbelievable. Really good linebacker. Tremendous flow. You want to talk about an underdog story? Fifth round pick out of Texas tech goes on to have a borderline hall of fame career. I mean, that guy. Um, but anyway, undersized the whole nine, but the, um, 
So he starts talking about all uh, uh, days of our lives, and I, we became kindred spirits at that oh, point. Oh, really? That my relationship with him completely changed because all we did would talk about because I the way he and I described it, and I feel like you could do this today, and I can tell you that with with some semblance of assurance, I feel this is plausible because. He, he and I would describe, you could go months, years even, without watching Days of Our Lives. Oh, you knew the storyline. But turn it on, and you'll know where you're at. Because John and Marlena will be there, Sammy will be there, and you know what? During the holiday break, I was flipping channels, and what did I see? Days of Our Lives, and Sammy was on my screen. I mean, that's, that's, that's value add. That, yeah. That's what we call a keeper league. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, listen, like the sands of the hourglass. These are the days days of our lives, from my understanding. Is that not correct? That is correct, yes. Very well. Now, my mom grew... I grew up in a household where the Spanish telenovela was always on. Um, Now, those are more interesting because I... You know, correct me if I'm wrong, Laura, but those only last, like, one season, right? Yeah. I feel like the turnover rate on characters is higher, pardon me. Yes. Yeah, for sure. They don't last. It's just they have a certain amount of, like, time frame. Yeah, I guess you can call them episodes. Now it's like a series. Like, the new ones are series. That was weird to me. When I'm like, Mom, weren't you watching this last year? She's like, yeah, it's the carry-on. I'm like, oh, okay, that never happened. There's, like, no resolution to it now. My My mom still watches one, and while she's been here, I've been able to, because it's on too late, you know, here, Mm -hmm. but... Um, she watches one called, um, and she, you know, I stream it for her on the Univision app, mm-hmm. um, called La Hija de la Embajadora. Um, the Embajadora. Of the Ambassador. Right. Yes. Of course. My of course. mom the has diplomatic, switched. The diplomatic community, which I'm very familiar with. Yes. 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 <laughs> uh, she loves the La Hija de la Embajadora. So it's, uh, yeah, I grew up in a household of soap operas. Lindsay, soap operas? Yes, no. Um, I was a big fan of Passions. I don't know oh, if you guys Passions. know about Passions. Yes, came on after Days of Our Lives. And actually <laughs> was like, if if the if Days of Our Lives was the WWE of soap operas, Passions was like the ECW. I was going to say the NXT or the ECW. Yeah, NXT, okay. that's a good way to describe it as well. Okay. Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. That's very Passions good. Passions was great. They had like the little kid who like was a doll, but then he turned into a kid. Yeah, uh, it was that, ridiculous. That was they had like show. a Chucky thing going on. It was very yes, weird. exactly. Okay, so lastly on this, quickly. If you were given the opportunity to act on a soap opera, and for those of you out there listening, young broadcasters, the reason why soap operas are called soap operas is because the initial advertising agencies that funded those shows were soaps, literal things that were washing people's bodies. That's why they're called soap operas, just like back in the batteries and so forth used to fund like shows like Yeehaw and all this other stuff. I'm asking you all, Lindsay and George, if you got the opportunity, they said, hey, listen, you got to be in a soap. We want you. Oh, you got to make out with days, the stranger. You got to make yeah. out with the stranger every day of the week. We don't care what your life is. We're paying you everything. Would you Put do me it? in there with, with John and Marlena. I'm in. <laughs> I'd do it for sure. Who wouldn't? I don't Steve know. Smith That's is in all my what, uh, General Hospital, right? What's, his, what's his character's name? It's so oh, great. It's, it's something uh, ridiculous. It's like yes. Hawk or Shank or something absurd. Meat <laughs> or something. I can't remember what it is. <laughs> Hold on, like, I will tell you what it like is. Something. Find it His right cat. now, please. I have to know. Brick. What, 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 brick. Brick. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. His character is great. I knew it. He's great in that, by the way. But that's what I'm saying. Like, It's not as easy as it looks to be that dramatic, no. to have to wear those absurd clothes, listen to that crazy music, catch camera four every time you have a weird react. Not easy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lynn's passions, I would imagine. That's not yeah, Passiones, I mean, as it's known on Univision. It's still on, isn't it? 
it. No, is maybe, it? Maybe it's reruns, but I know as of like a year or two ago, during sometime during the pandemic when I was at home, I was watching it with my sister, and it was hilarious. Mm. Oh, uh, let me see. Is when did Passion no, stop no. airing? 20, 2007. Out of there. See you later. Yeah. Okay, oh, it must so have been reruns. So you had a crush on somebody on Passiones. That's what it comes down to. No, it was just really weird. It was just like Sedano said. It, it was, was ridiculous. I don't know. Yeah. It, it was yeah. so out yeah. there. It was great. Paranormal element. Is that what you're getting? Yes, at? exactly. Oh, there was gotcha. some paranormal element. Yeah. Too. It was the whole Chucky There was a kid witch. Thing, like, yeah, kind of it, was, yeah. it was weird. Okay. okay. It was weird. Loud eyes. There. A, 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 do you even watch American soaps or no? I don't, but I was going to give a, a Spanish one. <laughs> oh, okay. Go. So I would either do, because I was obsessed with Fernando Columna when I was younger. So I would either oh, yeah. do La Usurpadora or Mariela del Barrio. Ooh, Mariela del Barrio. Maria del Barrio. That sounds mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I loved him. Fantastic. He's so hot. Yes. Um, <laughs> He's like our uh, right. George, I told you. Speaking of uh, the Chucky doll, uh, I want to get to the Raiders here real quick. So let me explain something to you. I, we mm. talked about this a little bit the other day on the show, Clinton, when, uh, you know, I don't know if it's when, it was when Ramona was here. Cause you was were on the show. show. I was texting you. I was listening to the show, yes, and yes, we were doing yes. this on the side. So we were talking about that they both can get in, the Raiders and Chargers, big game, right? You know, they can get in with a tie. So today, both coaches, Brandon Staley was on the Rich Eisen show, and Coach Bisacci, I guess, did his usual meet and greet with the media and was asked about, like, this possible tie. And Brandon Staley basically was like, no, nah, man, the integrity of the game, blah, blah, blah. And Hold Coach on, Bisacci George. Explain to- the tie situation for those who might not be listening. If there's a team it- that wins beforehand, they got flexed to the Sunday night football game, the Chargers and the Raiders. Explain to them the situation. Yeah, if the Chargers and Raiders tie, they're both in the playoffs, basically. I that, thought that the just... Colts had to lose for that to happen. I thought there Yeah, the to be Jaguars one... have to beat them. The, Jag- the Jaguars, oh, I'm sorry. Colts. The Jaguars have to beat the Colts. There's That's that. what I was getting yes. at that, yes. Yes, 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 correct. So the Jaguars have to beat the Colts, which has happened the last four years. Oh, uh, yeah, once, they're 2-2 two two in the last four the years. Yes, yes. 2-2 two two in the last four, uh, four matchups, and they play that game right. before they do. You see what I'm saying? Correct. So that the Chargers... The 1 o'clock window, yes. Bingo. Yeah, the 10 a.m. window, yes. Um, so if that happens, a tie gets them in. So they were asked, Hey, look, you know, if that happens, why don't you guys just kneel it or whatever, or just like try to finish tie. And so Brandon Staley was like, no, integrity to the game, blah, blah, blah. Coach Bisaccia was more like, uh, he was a little funnier about it. He was like, look, man, I just never was really good at math. So whatever, we'll just play to win. Um, and I heard John Ireland tried to negotiate with Mason. They were playing, they were doing role play basically. Oh, uh, he was coach, uh, Staley and Mason was coach Bisaccia and, he was saying that, of coach, of course, Coach Staley was going to have to say that in public. But what he would do if he was Coach Staley, he would call Coach Basaccia of the Raiders and be like, all right, I know we've said what we have to say, but you and I can control this a little bit. How about we both just get in if the, if the Jaguars win the game? And I look at John Ireland. Well, I wasn't actually looking at him. I was looking at my phone because I was listening on the app. But sure. nonetheless... I was looking at my phone saying, this is what it's come to, John Ireland. This is what it's come to for you, John Ireland, the Raiders fan, that you are negotiating. A fake negotiation. A fagotiation is what I would call it. With Steve Mason. Hit the button. Ding. Okay. A fagotiation. Because you are so desperate for your Raiders to get into the playoffs that you would negotiate with the enemy. You would literally sleep with the enemy, okay, to try to get in to the postseason. How low has the Raider fandom gone that this is where we're at? Through the basement. 
through the basement for two reasons. Let me explain this. Number one, playing for a tie in football is not the same as playing for a tie in, I'll say even basketball, baseball, never mind soccer. I don't know that it's possible to even do that. And the reason I say that is because from a competition standpoint, if you're the coach of a team, George, and you're leading a team into any competition, regardless of what the necessary result is, what are you going to tell them? What do you think the NFL is? The NFL is the most cutthroat, savagely motivated league in the world. Sorry. What they tell the players is that other guy is trying to take your head off and take food out of your mouth and hurt your children. Therefore, you have to hurt him. You know what I'm saying? That's how the NFL works. There's no playing for a tie. So for me, that's why it's so bizarre that any team would even remotely, I don't know, acquiesce to that notion. Because like, how are you supposed to coach that game week, George? Oh, yeah, we're going to do the walkthroughs. We're going to do walkthroughs to make sure we get the first down and just get kneel downs. No way. Like, and on top of that, and this is the second thing, both of these teams would be getting in on the bottom end. They need wins just to prove that they know how to win if and possibly they go into the playoffs. There's just no scenario to me in which either one of these teams plays for a tie. And I've realized that it's an odd statistical quirk or oddity that could work out. But I just don't see that from the motivation standpoint of both of these squads that ever comes to be because it wouldn't make sense for either one of their season paths, you know? A hundred percent agree. Um, I, I just think it makes no sense. And also, Raider fan, I don't think you should be negotiating with the other squad. You're your sworn enemy and exactly. vice versa, for that matter. Exactly. Um, They're taking over your little crappy fan base in L.A. Yeah. My bolts. Yeah. OK, you see my bolts. Yeah. Oh, bolts, man. listen, yeah. speaking of bolts uh, Bolt coming up next. There is some lightning bolts striking in the world of college football and USC may be the beneficiary of it. We'll get to that in a second. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Now this song. She hit the flow. Let me say something about this song. I mean, I always love when a song and an artist like Flo Rida like breaks through to the mainstream so much that the song, you, you literally cannot escape the song. Like, oh. th- this was one of those songs that when it came out in 2007, that for approximately one calendar year, you could not escape it. And every single time, I got to be honest, I was into it. Let me explain something to you. When I go to Whole Foods, like at lunch, let's just say I do Around the Horn, of which I was the winningest member of 2021. That's just <laughs> a reason for me to bring that up. And I go to lunch, and then I'm going to pop into the studio – at ESPN LA, which is across the street after. I'll go to Whole Foods, and the demographic of people are there. If I say, let's just say I, you know, let, let's say I got four hours to kill, and I, may, I might have a beer at lunch. That happens. Just calm down, folks. But let's just say I go there, and I say apple bottom jeans. Guaranteed, somebody will say boots, boots with, the with the fur. You know, yeah. and that's, that's really all you can ask for. The call and response of that song is unparalleled. Uh, it is. It, there is no question about it. Uh, loud out when you hear Flo Rida. Uh, low, what comes to your mind immediately? The club and how I was getting down. <laughs> Ooh, what club? Come on, let's getting get some low. details here. 
DTF? No, no, I was late. 2007. That's downtown I was, Fullerton people. I yes, yes, down. yes. For people Calm that are down. have nasty minds. Yeah. I was not old enough to get into downtown Fullerton because I was only 19 years old in yeah. 2007. I mean, come on, everybody has. So you were old enough. I mean, yeah, but. You know. <laughs> Boots. The club deviate. Everybody knows that was like the eighteen and over club. Deviate. Deviate. Yeah. I was gonna. I was trying to say like Palmolive. No, Palmolive. No, it was club deviate. It it was inside another club, but I won't mention the name. It was deviate. I'm I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get some heat. Right, you would deviate because you had to deviate into a different part of the club. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, it's a deviate, but it was inside. uh, I think it's Florentino. (laughs) <laughs> it's inside of so yeah. What a mess. When are yes. we doing a remote in DTF is the question that matters. I can't go there no more, so you know. <laughs> oh, you can stay in studio. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Damn, yeah, it's okay. I'm saying, Thank you. you know, if you don't want to go, you don't want to go. I'm not mad. Oh, I'm not saying I can go. <laughs> Just oh, saying I was getting in trouble when I go. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, Lynn's boots with the fur, were that was that part of the repertoire? I mean and the whole club's looking at her. Yeah. And and like I do, I like Nelly's, you know, Nelly in that song. I, I was always a big. That's Nelly true. Fan. There is a there is a Nelly appearance in that song, and I think people for, people neglect to mention that. Yes, I remember it was like yeah. it was like last year or the year before. I bought new boots when I was in Ohio, and every time I put them on, I thought of that song. Like every time, because they had fur on them, and I'd be like, "The boots with the fur." Every time. Does T Pain <laughs> get enough credit for the auto tune? Like, I mean, I know we jokingly do it, but he really did. I mean, I know pe- some people really hated the auto-tune but i feel like it really we have we have tuned the auto-tune uh, we have fine-tuned the auto-tune uh since that era and i, I feel like t-pain deserves more love than the ridicule that he got during that time listen blow 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 out, blow out the segment i'm gonna talk about t-pain for five whole minutes i might not actually do that <laughs> but i could let me explain something to you george theodore Payne, aka teddy Binderass, is like I can't even explain how important he is to my life as an artist because that first tiny desk concert that he did at NPR where he sang songs autotune and he oh, just sort of wild. you know got his melodies out there. That was one thing. I went to the second one that a lot of people don't know about that was in a <laughs> big environment. It was in the big theater at NPR in DC and it was not lit. It was smoldering. And he put on a set that was a show that I've not seen the likes of which before I went to see him three years later in Baltimore. And he did stay with me in a white mink coat to end the set, the set with candles lit. I cried openly. Wow. <laughs> I am a T-Pain stand. So he can to, sing to your question. Like the, the, the auto tune was a feature, not a bug of what that sure. guy presents. Talk to me about it. I got playlists for days. I just host brunches related to that guy. It's a whole thing. I love it. I yeah. love it. Oh, I feel yeah. like we should have. I feel like brunch should be a thing that comes back. What post uh, post COVID? Like, Amanda, like- are you listening? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we will be hosting these on the weekend if you let me. Station brunch. So quickly, yes. just to shout out someone who also was very famous for using auto tune um, yeah. before it became a thing with T Pain was MC Magic of the oh, MB Writers. Point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Cher is actually like the first one who ever did it. And everyone thinks that it was T-Pain. But it, it was, was Cher, yeah, it you know. Yeah. You b- believe in life after love. That was like the first time anyone did auto-tune. Uh, you know, that mm. is that is fair. Yeah. Um, she did There's a really auto-tune. good documentary on it. It's it's yeah. like the pop one on Netflix. Of course, there's documentary on it. Now I know about it. All right. Gotcha. All right. Um, yeah. all right. Real quick, uh, Yates. Yeah. So, obviously... 
the college football world has been turned on its head a number of times here this uh, this, off, this season, offseason, etc. You know, Lincoln Riley coming to USC, the transfer portal, all the madness and insanity. I will say this. For all the naysayers, let's call them, right? Okay. About the transfer portal and kids sitting out and all that, blah, 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 about these bowl games. I love this moment in time for these young men and women. Um, in different sports yeah, because it's the first time I believe in my lifetime that the athletes actually have some control, if not they, more, more control um, they get to flex. Yes. Th- than the institutions, because here's what's happening, particularly in football, the Caleb Williams thing, which some people now believe that USC is going to be the spot for him uh, because obviously Lincoln Riley sure. in that connection. But um the fascinating part about all of this, particularly when it comes to Caleb Williams, and this is how uh, I feel like USC is in like a great position um, because do of – I do, and here's why. Basically, here's how this is going to go with NIL, at least until it is given some sort of regulation, right, uh, for lack of a better phrase, okay. uh, by the NCAA. Basically, this is how it works. Coach X, right, I'm not going to use any names, but Coach X will tell Booster Y. Hey, this player, player Z, is who we want. Right. Booster Y will then create said LLC. Z plus one, if you will. Yeah, LLC will then sign the kid to an NIL deal. And, uh, you know, the only thing here is now the game has changed. Where we talked about Bryce Young, a local kid here from Southern California, obviously, um, went to Alabama and had a million-dollar NIL deal. I feel like we're going to get to a point here, particularly for quarterbacks, where, and I'm all for it, where the, you're going to have to give, like, multi-year NIL deals to get sure. these kids to come here, or the, or anywhere, for that matter. And I feel like USC is properly positioned because USC has the deep pockets. They have just neglected over the years to use them and held this job for whatever reason as a starter job because they just felt like, well, we just get any coach and plug them in, and of course everything will work itself out because of us and the talent and blah, blah, blah. Well, no, they've realized that isn't the case, and that's why it's the smartest move they've made maybe ever in getting Lincoln Riley. But I feel like now Lincoln Riley is, because he's young and because he understands the game, having put two quarterbacks as the number one overall pick and a third quarterback into the NFL in Couple Hurts, too. Correct. I, I, I feel like he understands the language that you need to speak. And that language is the language of moolah, of dinero, of cold, hard cash, and NIL. And that's why I think USC is in a prime position at the moment in college football because this thing – is going to get probably out of control until it doesn't get out of control anymore and they kind of rein this stuff back in a little bit. But for right now, if I'm USC, giddy up. Let's go. Here's what I'm going to say to that, and I don't disagree with you because I think that USC USC should be maximizing on all of that in terms of their LA-ness, in terms of their, for lack of a better term, Trojan-ness. But I think that what I've noticed, and as somebody that's been in this market for a shorter time than you all, I did not grow up here like a lot of what I did, but I know this about USC. I think that there's a bit of a misconception as to what USC does well in terms of what resonates with other people. Now, Pac-12 people believe that USC has to get back to winning Pac-12 titles all the time, yes. winning national titles all the time, going to New Year's Day bowl games and or playoff bowl games. I don't think that. 
I think that what USC needs to get back to is the, for lack of a better term, the older form of NIL, which is, hello, putting people into the pros. That, to me, has always been what USC's main sort of asset and value was to football overall. Like, sure, it was great that USC was good at college football, I don't know, every 10 years, every other year for five years, or 10 years or what it may be. But that's where USC is going to get back to this. And that's where Lincoln Riley, in my opinion, has to be able to flex his muscle. Sure, I'll get you an NIL deal, two mil here, three mil there. But if I know that I can put you in the pros, then people will start coming. I do not think that the value for a team that is a big a deal, a school with a reputation as big as USC, I don't think national titles solve it. It's got to be either NIL or the pros. Winning is almost separate. And he's got a very different task in terms of figuring that out in the modern era because of exactly what you said. He's got a couple of Heisman guys who's gotten the pros. Those guys are playing every Sunday, even if they're not necessarily that good. And a couple of them are. You know, he's got a very interesting challenge as as to how they redefine what Trojan football is about. Do you want to put guys in the pros so that your legacy extends? Or do you want to win right now in the Pac-12 and make sure that kids right now want to come? It's not easy. I do not wish that upon anybody from a decision-making standpoint, George. And I think it's a tough job. See, I think you could do both. Because, I mean, SC last year had five guys go in the draft. uh, Right. Including a first-rounder. But they Um, also got... 60 points put up on them by Oh, no, no, I get it. But but that's – but so I think you could do both because if you look at – let's just take last year as an example. And I bet you if I go back every year, like there's some semblance of this. The number one school as far as guys drafted last year, Alabama had 10. Right. The second was – well, tied for first was Ohio State at 10. Right? Yep. Then it was Notre Dame. It was Georgia. Right? Like the, those schools, for the most part, are probably going to be near the top over the last couple of years. Competition-wise, so, yes. I, I think I, I'm a firm believer if you have a lot of pros on your roster, you're probably going to, more than likely, you are probably going to be near the top of that discussion to be in the college football. I agree. And what I'm saying is that if you make your priority for the kids because of your lineage as the SC Trojans developing pros, you're going to get them anyway. Yes. You see what I'm saying? And so okay, like the winning yeah. will be sort of, a, not, I don't want to say a byproduct, but the winning should come anyway. You need to market to guys that think they should be professional football players because you can teach them to be better professional football players than other schools can. SC still has that advantage, in my opinion, nationally if they want to let the coaches do what they do. And that's the whole thing. What you said, it's like, oh, they didn't want to get somebody that was too egomaniacal. They didn't want to get somebody that was too much of a personality because it would outshine you know, the front office or the right. No, I agree. Yes. You yes. know what I'm saying? Yes. You just yes. let the football coaches coach the football. And that'll and work itself out. It'll yes. work itself out because that's the whole idea of being the Trojans. All right, coming up next, Clinton has thoughts. He has texted this to me about LeBron Ramon James specifically. We will have said conversation on the other side, plus what you need to know. We're back in two minutes and 45 seconds.